The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 367. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll, mclanahanacademy.com. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History, when you do enroll, and you get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. So you want to check that out. I've got 12 courses available for purchase there. Get one of those. You get great stuff. You get a great course, and you help keep this podcast free of charge. You can also click on that support tab at brianmclanahan.com. That'll uh, help you throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can get a Brian McClanahan book plate if you want my autograph on one of my books. I've got a new book out, Southern Scribbling, 60 Essays in Defense of the Southern Tradition. You're going to want to pick that up. So you can also get one of my other books anywhere books are sold. So go out there and check that out too. You can also click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can uh, purchase my Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Also, the Think Locally, Act Locally logo. Lots of great stuff out there for that, too. And, of course, that helps support the show as well. And you can go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. That is my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. That's another way to help the show. You can get a great educational website. I teach there with Tom and a whole bunch of other great instructors. Great way to do, uh, great, great way to uh, self-educate, I should say, and also support the show at the same time. And as always, share it around on social media. You know, rate this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Let people know you like it. Let people know what you're listening to. And, of course, that will help grow the audience as well. And don't forget, I still have that coupon. I still have that discount on my American Constitutions course right now. If you use the coupon code RBG, you can get 35% off my American Constitutions class. So just click going out to McClanahan Academy, click on that American Constitutions class Use the coupon code RBG, and you get 35% off. It's a great deal. We need more people understanding the Constitution because that's a major problem in American history. And, of course, some of the other things that are important about the Constitution, which, number one, is that it's not a perfect document. All right. Well, let's talk about the topic. And I've mentioned this before several times on this podcast, this program, that American history is on the ballot in 2020. American history is on the ballot in 2020. It's part of the culture war. I mean, this is, this is what we're facing. We know that uh, uh, there is a much bigger problem in America than just politics, because politics is a reflection of, of society. People go vote based on the things that they've learned in school, the environment in which they live at home, their, how their family talks about politics, what they get in popular media. These are all important things. How do people respond to the things they consume in their lives? Americans are consumers. We consume all kinds of things. And so it's no different if you're consuming your entertainment, if you're consuming your politics, if you have family conversations with people, what you get when you go to school and you have influencers. Look, teachers are, the, are some of the biggest influencers you're ever going to have in your life. For everybody. I mean, look, I'm, I'm a byproduct of influencers I had, whether it was family or people in school or 
you know, friends and things like that. So you get these things, you get this type of influence. I mean, this particular YouTube channel or a podcast, wherever you're getting this, it's an influence. So we, we have these influencers, and a lot of that helps us build the way that we live our lives. Most people are not just reactionary. You want to just walk around and you know, re respond to things that are happening. Some people do that. But most people have a dedicated belief system that they try to live their lives by, whether they're on the left, the right, moderate, whatever it is. And a lot of that's built on the culture that you're around. So culture is important in how you're taught things in school matters. The 1619 Project knows this. Look, the left has known this for a long time. This is why you had Puritan puritanical uh, uh, you know, culture uh, in the Midwest and others, the first thing they typically built were schools. I mean, it, uh, you know, this, this secular puritanism that we have in America, not the, not the church necessarily, but schools went up very quickly when you get the educational reform because they wanted to ensure that people thought the right things. What we're seeing when people attack, for example, the, uh, the early 20th century South and the UDC and some of these other things where you had the Confederate catechism and you had uh, people like Lion Gardner Tyler or uh, you know, uh, Miss Rutherford who was uh, uh, in the United Daughters of the Confederacy and they were out pushing a pro-Southern curriculum in the schools. Essentially what people are bristling at there is that they don't like the, the education that's being taught there. They want to have their education in the schools and so they're going, to, they're going to attack this and call these people all kinds of bad names and say that this stuff is just ridiculous. It's got to go away. It's all about interpretation. It's all about interpretation. That's what the real problem is. And if you can control, I mean, look, Orwell knew this. I mean, this is why 1984 is such an important book. If you control the interpretation of the, of the past and the present, you control the future. And so this is why, you know, uh, you have... Uh, uh, Francis Bellamy writing the Pledge of Allegiance. You have these things because it's so important to understand you have a, a young mind of mush that you can bring up from kindergarten forward and you can make them believe something. And then it's very hard for them to, to undo all that. I get emails all the time from people, look, I mean, I've had to undo all the schooling that I had when I was young because, I mean, I've just realized I was being indoctrinated the whole time. It's why I have McClanahan Academy. It's why there's uh, learn true history or liberty classroom. This is why you have these things because we're working to try to undo all the years of indoctrination you've had and try to get you to think about things differently. Or at least maybe there's another side to the story. Maybe it's not just one side to the story. Maybe there's two sides or four sides or five sides to the story. Maybe it's more complex than what you've understood. I've tried to talk about complexity in the show before. So Trump has now come out and made history part of the 2020 election. Now, Biden and others are, are shying away from this. They know that the 1619 Project is not popular. They know that this attack on American history is not popular among most Americans. The poll numbers are, you know, in a situation where most Americans are still in favor of leaving Confederate monuments up. In the South, it's much more than 50%. But you have pockets in the South where it's not that way. And, of course, some people who are just, oh, well, you know, if we're hurting people's feelings, take it down. This is the pressure being put on people because people just want to get along and go along. But what we've all mentioned with these things is that when you take down one and you attack history here, all of it's got to go away. This is the entire project that's, that this is, we're going through, right? The 1619 Project, for, for months, 
said that they were talking about the true founding of America. Well, they scrubbed that off their website here recently. Phil Nagnus has done a fantastic job showing the Orwellian memory hole that this, uh, this 1619 project put some of the material. They were criticized. The 1619 is a true founding. No, it's not. That's just ridiculously stupid. But uh, what we've got to, what's happened with that, of course, is it's being replaced by something else that's, that's just as bad in some ways. So Trump has come out, and a couple, of, a couple of things he's done in the last week, and all this stuff has just kind of gone away. Why? Because, well, we've got Trump's tax returns now, and he only paid $750 in taxes for a couple of years, which is, couple of years, which is still more than 44% of, of uh, all Americans you know, pay in taxes, right? So there's 44% of the American population that pays no taxes. Trump has paid $750, and, well, that's a terrible take because, you know, he's rich and he can afford it. Well, I mean... Is the tax because is our income taxes really moral anyways? Now, in my newest course at McClanahan Academy, part three of my Southern cultural and intellectual history, I give you the Southern position on this. Southerners were quite responsible for the income tax and what they were doing with it. So there's that. Um, but uh, let's talk about Trump's patriotic education initiative. Now, a while back, I did a, a, an episode on the the monument garden that Trump wants to create. And, I mean, it's some of it's just so stupid. Uh, it's terrible because he's got bad people advising him on this stuff. He's got the Lincolnian nationalists like Alan Gelzo out there running around advising Trump on who should be American heroes and who shouldn't. I mean, you should just let the left pick some of these things because it's, I mean, you might as well. They're going to pick a lot of the same people. But this is an article from The Hill on 9-17-2020. So we're not even, we're barely over a week ago, right, on this. Barely over a week, and yet it's all just disappeared. Why? Well, because uh, we've got, the, the left couldn't do anything with this. They know that this is pretty popular, so they just kind of let it fall away because they know that Trump is, is hitting a home run with this stuff. I'm telling you. Trump hits a home run when he starts doing these things because most Americans, whether I'm critical of the people they pick or what they do, don't like tearing down American history. They just don't like it. And they don't want to be told over and over again that they're bad people for liking American heroes. And this is exactly what the left is banking on people believing. It's, it's a feeling. It's all about feelings. Well, you're a bad person. If you don't wear a mask, you're a bad person. If you, don't, if you, don't, if you like Robert E. Lee, you're a bad person. You're an evil person. I mean, Trump has now been compared by Joe Biden to Goebbels, which, I mean, it's just, imagine if Trump had said this about Joe Biden, Joe Biden's Goebbels. I mean, how would the left respond? Trump would be called all kinds of names all the time. But you can call Trump Nazi, you can, you can call him Hitler, you can call him Goebbels, you can call him whatever you want, and it doesn't matter. But I think it does, and most Americans don't like this. They don't like this kind of stuff. So this is where Trump, I think, could hit a home run, and he needs to make this clear. And I think he's done a pretty good job. He, he actually put out an email with this in it about uh, some of the things that he's done. Um, so let me do this. And then the other thing that he's done, of course, and I'm going to read this, the other thing he's done is issue an executive order prohibiting critical race theory from being taught in any federal, uh, any federal program. Uh, he's going after schools. He's actually making the EEOC take up cases where if you're teaching this, you could lose federal funding, you could be sued in court. So, I mean, this is a brilliant move. You see, we can talk about the Department of Education being unconstitutional, and it is. It's completely unconstitutional. But if you're going to have it, well, use it. 
And this is the thing that the left can't stand. I, they haven't come out and said, oh, well, it's unconstitutional to do this. They haven't because they know it's not if they're going to believe in the Department of Education. Once they call out the Department of Education as unconstitutional, they've conceded the field to the other side, and we should just abolish it. We should just abolish it. The Department of Education shouldn't exist. There shouldn't be a top-down uh, structure when it comes to what you can and can't teach in schools in your local level. I mean, this should be up to the schools themselves. But the fact is, if you're going to have this thing, and this is what people have said, then use it. And uh, the left is bristling at this. You're, you can expose them as hypocrites they really are when you start doing this stuff. You see, all these things are great as long as they control it. But if they don't control it anymore, well, then they get really upset about it. It's all about power. The left is always about power. So getting rid of critical race theory as a, uh, as a um, program and, and, of course, federal programs and everything else would be a good thing. I mean, this is a dangerous ideology. It's very dangerous uh, because it, I think he's correct when he says this is divisive. It creates a hostile environment. It creates a hostile work environment. It creates a hostile environment in society. It's not about unity or actually trying to figure out how to get along and work together. No, it's about calling everybody names. Well, they did that. If this had been reversed, well, it was back in the 1950s. It was reversed. And, of course, this developed some of these programs. So why is it allowed for one side but not the other? And this is the question that you often have. And uh, so it's not about you know, reconciliation. It's not about saying, you know, look, we're going to work together. We're going to get past some of these things. We're gonna... And most people do this on a regular basis. This is what makes this so scary that most Americans, I don't care where you are in the United States, most Americans, they want to work with people. They want to work with people that aren't like them. They want to get along with people that aren't like them. They do want to get along. They want to try to forge common ground and find common ground and work together. But you can't if you have this stuff being taught and you're creating divisiveness. And I think that's where Trump is going with this and why I believe, again, this is hitting a home run. As I said with his very Lincolnian nationalist speech, if you're going to make a speech it was like that, it was a great speech. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not on board with Lincolnian nationalism. I think it's, it's uh, ultimately dangerous because... It creates the power situation. If the left controls it, then it's going to be nasty. And the left has already come out and said, look, if we win, we're punishing people. So that's scary. All right, so let's read this, uh, this piece from The Hill. President Trump on Thursday described Americans' heritage and history as under assault from the left. Well, it is. Decrying anti-racism teachings and cancel culture while announcing plans for a new commission to promote patriotic, patriotic education in U.S. schools. In a speech delivered in somber tones at the National Archives Museum, Trump painted a, a dramatic and dark portrait of an effort by liberals to indoctrinate America's children and repress American values, culture, and faith. Well, this is true. I mean, all this has been going on. Whether it is the mob on the street or the, or the cancer culture in the boardroom, the goal is all the same, to silence dissent, to scare you out of speaking the truth, and to bully Americans into abandonment of their values, their heritage, and their way of life. Right on. I mean, this is also true. This is exactly what the left is trying to do. They are the uh, most vicious of the silencers in America. They want to silence speech. They want to make it to where you can't say things. They are vicious with this stuff. And they will try to do everything they can in their power to make sure you can't. We are here today to declare that we will never submit to tyranny. We will reclaim our history and our country for citizens of every race, color, religion, and creed. I mean, look, he is being a reconciliationist in this particular way. Uh, and this, if you just want to go back to uh, you know, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, where he said, look, I want 
you know, sons of slaves and the sons of former slaveholders to work together, right? I mean, but they never had any problem with symbols or anything else because it was just about unity and reconciliation. That's not the case anymore. That's not the case anymore. Uh, now, uh, Trump uh, announced plans to sign a new executive order establishing a national commission to promote patriotic education in American schools, which he said would be called the 1776 Commission, a nod to his criticism of the 1619 Project throughout the speech. The commission will be tasked with celebrating the upcoming 250th anniversary of the country's founding and with encouraging educators to teach our children about the miracle of American history. In his remarks, Trump took particular aim at critical race theory, a methodology that argues racism and racial inequality are a result of systematic, or sorry, systemic power structures. Trump called it a Marxist doctrine and said teaching it to children amounts to a form of child abuse in the truest sense of the word. Again, this is all true. What are you doing when you're, when you're shaming and guilting people all the time? And this, I mean, th- these are kids. They didn't do anything. But yet, because something happened 200 years ago, we got to... I mean, this is just ridiculous. It's about power. You're, you're trying to force power over these people. If this was happening the other way around, would anybody say this is right? Would anyone say it's just or fair or moral? No, they wouldn't. But because it's happening the way it is, this is what we have to say. The president similarly rebuked the 1619 Project, an ongoing enterprise developed by the New York Times Magazine last year with the stated goal of aiming to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of a national narrative. Both, he said, are ideological poison that, if not removed, will resolve the civic bonds that tie us together. Again, he's 100% correct about this. The president and some of his top aides have rejected the idea that there is systemic racism in the United States in the face of nationwide demonstrations in response to multiple police killings of black people. The question about all that, of course, is, is, is all, was all that motivated by race? Or was it just because something was going on here? Or was that an incidental part of what was happening? If any of these things had happened because, exclusively because of the race of the individuals involved, that is a tragedy and a travesty and injustice and needs to be corrected immediately without any question about it. But if it wasn't aimed because of that, then... Uh, then you have other issues going on. For example, I made a, a tweet where I said no-knock warrants are anti-American. They are. And, of course, people jumped on me and said, well, you know, this is, uh, it wasn't executed as a no-knock warrant. They knock, but how did they knock? How are they doing? I mean, you need, to re- you need to see how this happened. It was certainly asked as a no-knock warrant. They might have announced themselves as they're banging in the door with a battering ram, but does that, does that, does that make it a, an announced warrant? I mean, as you're hitting the door with the battering ram and you're saying, it's police, it's police. I mean, how do these people know that guy wakes up in a stupor and doesn't know what's happening? And you got people firing wildly into the apartment. This is just crazy stuff. Now, did they do that all because these people were, were black or because uh, there was something else going on here? I think those are the big questions. Uh, he continues, we embrace the vision of Martin Luther King where children are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of the character. The left is attempting to destroy this that beautiful vision, divide Americans by race in the, in the service of political power. I mean, again, very true. I think this is very, very true. Uh, by viewing every issue in the lens of race theory, they want to impose a new segregation. We must not allow that to happen. Trump delivered the remarks on Constitution Day, marking the 233rd anniversary of the formation of the signing and signing of the U.S. Constitution in 1787. He spoke from a stage in front of the Declaration of Independence, Bill of Rights, and the Constitution. Thursday's speech aligned with efforts from Trump in his campaign to appeal to white voters, again, to appeal to white voters, 
why is this only appealing to white voters? What about other voters? I mean, so if you're not white, this wouldn't appeal to you? Unity wouldn't appeal to you? This idea that we should get along, work together, that wouldn't appeal to you? That, that wouldn't appeal at all? Uh, by depicting protests to start a Memorial Day weekend after the police killing of George Floyd as radical attempts to characterize a country as racist and demean history. I mean, it was, but this is the question. As the body cam footage was released with George Floyd, there was no racial intent there. Nothing happened. And so in that way, of course, the man tragically died, but there was no racial intent. That's the question. Was it racial? Was it racially motivated? Clearly it wasn't. Clearly it wasn't. While the protest sparked calls for police reform and solutions to, ad- to address racial inequality, the president focused on more unruly aspects, such as efforts by some demonstrators to topple statues of Confederate leaders and other controversial figures. Controversial. How about Americans, including Christopher Columbus and former president? Why are they controversial? Because you have a bunch of uh, crybabies running around uh, saying these people are controversial. It's not controversial. Is George Washington controversial? How about Thomas Jefferson? Are they con- this is where the Hill's reporting is stupid. Trump delivered a 4th of July speech at Mount, at Mount Rushmore where he pledged to defend the country's heritage against what he described as angry mobs. Well, this is true. I mean, all this is true. I mean, what Trump is saying is true. These are, I mean, it's, a, it's a fiery but mostly peaceful protest. As buildings are burning in the background and black communities are being destroyed by looters and rioters. I mean, so this is only an appeal to white Americans? What about those people? Does not appeal to them to save your businesses and your, and your hard-earned income? And your communities, that doesn't appeal to these people? I mean, how stupid is this? Trump delivered, uh, he said, uh, we described as angry mobs uh, teaching children to hate their own country. The White House earlier this month seized on a report from the Washington, D.C. local government calling to contextualize, remove, or relocate the Washington Monument, the Jefferson Memorial, and a Columbus statue, among others. Trump's remarks follow efforts by his administration earlier this month to restrict race-related training within federal government agencies. In the September 4th memo, Office of Management and Budget Director Russ Vaught, at Trump's direction, ordered executive branch agencies to halt teachings, uh, trainings on critical race theory, white privilege, or others that suggest that the United States is an inherently racist or evil country, or any race or ethnicity is inherently racist or evil. Vaught described these race-related teachings as divisive and un-American. Again, very true. So here, I think Trump is going the right in the right direction in what's called the culture war, right? I mean, he's he's taking the right steps in this particular case to go after the things that are extremely divisive and dangerous in American society. In the 1940s, look, if you want to point to a, this is where Trump is living in 1940s and 50s America. That was the one time in America where Lincolnian nationalism really was really had taken hold to a point where it was universally accepted by Americans, for the most part, following World War II. For about 10 years, you had that. Maybe a little longer, 20 years, you had that. But certainly, all that began to unravel by the time you got to the 1960s, and you got to the period of time where people started uh, becoming very critical of American society. And, you know, my friend Don Livingston points to Susan Sontag, and, you know, to you know, late 1960s, saying that, uh, you know, there's no more destructive person in the world than the white male, these kind of things. I mean, so you started having this kind of anti-Americanism. You know, these these Southerners are bad. George Washington's bad. Thomas Jefferson, the founding fathers are bad. All these people are bad. They ought to go. 
Well, that suits the needs of the left because they really want to start history over around 1975 anyways. I mean, this is, this is what they really want to do. In my reconstruction class at McClanahan Academy, I talk about this. Um, and, you know, is that true? Is any of this true? Or do we critically analyze critical race theory for what it is and isn't? If you speak out against it, you're called all kinds of names. I mean, Trump's called all kinds of names for this. But what he's saying is, you know, look, I mean, this is, this is dangerous for American society. When you start breaking apart, the, when you start creating fissures, well, then you create balkanization. Now, I've been very critical of Lincolnian nationalism. I think that the states need to respond to these things. I think you should have uh, you know, more, more regional ideas, and we should talk about decentralization in America. But if you're going to take the Lincolnian nationalist position, I think Trump is doing better at this than just about anybody else could or would do. And so, again, history is on the ballot in 2020. How we look at history, how we define American history. I think most Americans are on board with what Trump is saying here. The left doesn't want to admit it. They want to make it look like most Americans are not on board with that. But most Americans don't want statues of Andrew Jackson taken down or George Washington or Thomas Jefferson. Most Americans, the majority, particularly in the South, don't want to see statues of Robert E. Lee or Stonewall Jackson taken down, who Americans, North and South, characterize as real Americans for a long period of time. They don't want to see this stuff, and yet this is what we're getting. So I wanted to talk about that in this particular show uh, and at least give Trump some credit and say this is, this is something that is certainly going to be a big issue moving forward. If Biden wins, you're going to see all this stuff that Trump just did here unraveled is going to go away. Um, and, you know, that's, I mean, that's the world in which we live. That's, elections have consequences. So, uh, and the left is clearly, always clearly able to point that out when they win and just get over it. But when, of course, the other side wins, the left riots for four years because they can't handle it. They want to be in power. And when they're not in power, they throw uh, temper tantrums like little petulant children. All right. That's it for this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you next time. See you then. (laughs) 